Hello, and welcome to a podcast we are calling Green Earth White Collar. I'm Grace Mahan, an associate in Wiley Rhine's Environment and Product Regulations Group. And I'm Holly Wilson, an associate in Wiley's White Collar Group. Today, Grace and I are sitting down to talk about what, where our worlds collide, EPA enforcement. Yes. We just thought now was as good a time as any to reflect on EPA criminal and civil enforcement landscapes over the last year, 2020, and also to share some of our predictions for 2021 enforcement trends. Our hope is to provide two perspectives on EPA enforcement, as my practice focuses on civil enforcement and includes substantial work in aiding companies in complying with EPA's laws and regulations in the first place in order to avoid EPA enforcement altogether. And by contrast, Holly's practice is in the criminal space, and she works in defense of clients who find themselves in the midst of EPA criminal enforcement proceedings. Between the two of us, Wiley really has you covered. Grace and her group are on the front side of things with compliance, and I and my group are on the back side of things. And I don't think you ever want to have to call me, but if you do, I'm here. Yeah, and you know, Grace, in talking about the EPA's 2020 enforcement actions, I think the clear place to start is the agency's 2020 annual enforcement report. At the beginning of each year, the EPA publishes this report to summarize all of the enforcement data from the previous fiscal year. And this year's report came out in mid-January, and it's been very enlightening and I think gives us some interesting topics to talk about from the last year. And, And this is really the jumping off point for this podcast. So I'll let you just get right into it, Grace. Yeah, I mean, I think what's interesting about the enforcement report is it's kind of the agency's report card to itself. And it sets out a lot of the agency's accomplishments over the last year. And it also gives us some some point of reference to evaluate what the agency was able to do in, in this past year in light of some real challenges, right? And I think one of the big trends that jumps out of the 2020 report is, at least from the civil side, is that civil enforcement actions were down almost across the board. So just as an example, In 2020, the EPA initiated and concluded around 1,600 civil, judicial, and administrative cases. And this is a number that has been in steady decline since 2016, when for reference, there were 2,500 cases. And penalties from civil resolutions were also down. So, So the amount of penalties that the agency collected last year, the EPA collected $160 million in penalties and this is down from $360 million in penalties in fiscal year 2019, which is a really big drop. But I will say none of this is exactly a surprise. And, and that's true kind of for three reasons. So one, a real reason for these low enforcement numbers is COVID-19, right? The, the phrase that has dominated the year for everyone. Yes, we are living in some unprecedented times. <laughs> Certainly. And and the agencies are not immune. So in March, the EPA published an enforcement discretion policy, clarifying that essentially to give some companies a bit of a break in light of the emerging pandemic, the agency didn't intend to seek penalties for violations of 
certain kinds of noncompliances. So for example, monitoring noncompliance issues, integrity testing, sampling, certain reporting obligations, et cetera. As long as those violations were were caused by COVID-19 or were COVID-19 related. And, and the agency's decision not to seek penalties in those kinds of cases can be understood as potentially a reason why the penalty figures in particular are low in 2020. Now, apart from EPA's enforcement discretion policy, one other interesting thing about this year is that there was a decrease in audit policy self-disclosures made to the EPA. So the audit policy is an EPA policy whereby companies can preemptively self-report that they may have violated an environmental law or regulation in exchange for a lessened penalty from the EPA. The idea there being that if you tattle on yourself <laughs> and work in good faith um, to correct the violation, that the agency will kind of take it easy on you. And in 2020, EPA received 575 voluntary disclosures of violations through the audit policy. This is compared to 630 self-disclosures in 2019. So that's a substantial drop. And I mean, I think there's good reason to believe that at least some of these decreases in audit policy disclosures are also COVID related, right? All kinds of companies, they were disrupted from their normal processes, particularly in the spring as, as our first lockdown really began here in the United States. I think certainly as a response to those lockdowns and those changing dynamics on the part of companies, I think it makes sense that there would be a reduction in self-reporting to the agency. Um, the other third thing, that I think probably explains, at least in part, um, the decrease in civil enforcements in 2020 is also just the enforcement priorities of the Trump administration. So under the Trump administration, EPA largely shifted its focus from emphasizing enforcement to more prominently focusing on compliance assistance, increasing deference to state-level enforcement. And the EPA also, under the Trump administration, also directed its focus toward priority enforcement actions, right? This idea of going after the big fish and, and not little fish. Um, and so that too really can be looked at as a potential cause of the decrease in numbers. And taken together, I think I think largely COVID is the the big kahuna here. <laughs> but but certainly taken together, I think I think these three things are at least in part what what I would attribute the decrease in civil enforcement numbers to. Yeah. And you know, Grace, I, one thing you said really stuck out to me, and that is the the shift in the focus from enforcement to compliance. Hmm. And I think that that's actually a very astute observation because it's also a theme that's running through the DOJ. Hmm. Last year, the DOJ came out with several revised policies on um, corporate compliance. And, you know, I've done a lot of reading on those policies and, and they're definitely incentivizing companies to self-disclose. Yeah. You know, that that's really interesting also because it's putting the onus on the company, mm -hmm. right? It, you have to carry the enormous weight of disclosing and it, it's, it's shifting the burden. So I think now more than ever, companies need to be very active in their um, self-reviews, auditing, um, and they need to make sure that they are self-disclosing when necessary. Absolutely. I think that that's true. I think also 
the emphasis on self-reporting, it I think it encourages companies to more closely monitor their compliance behaviors because these kinds of policies, the audit policy, or I'm, I'm sure equivalent self-reporting policies under the DOJ, they have time limits built into them. So you have to self-disclose within a certain amount of time after you discover a violation. And I think that that those kinds of rules, frankly, I think they encourage compliance. And I think that they end up helping companies to build compliance mechanisms that help them to keep track of, to catch, and then to rectify quickly non-compliance issues if and when they arise. Absolutely. And and I think, you know, and we'll get to this a little bit later in the podcast, but that's going to affect what happens in 2021 and with the new Biden administration. So we'll get to that. But before we do, let's talk a little bit about what happened last year in the criminal realm. Yes. So it's so interesting, Grace. The numbers for criminal investigations opened and criminal prosecutions brought were actually inverse. One went up for criminal investigations and one went down for criminal prosecutions. They both went down, and that happened for the same reason. COVID. Spoiler alert. COVID. COVID. <laughs> So last year, the EPA opened 247 criminal investigations, and between 2011 and 2016, the number of criminal investigations opened actually decreased. And then starting in 2017, they started to increase again. So now we're up to a new high, 247. That's 77 more cases than last than the previous year, fiscal year 2019. Now, let's talk about, you know, why was that? Why did criminal investigations go up? COVID, obviously. In March of 2020, the criminal program launched the COVID-19 Fraud Initiative, and it focused on the illegal sale and distribution of pesticide products that either have no active or effective ingredients or contain restricted or banned ingredients. So between March 2020 and January 2021, 60 COVID-19 related cases or investigations were opened after screening more than a thousand tips. So in context, in total, the 2020 numbers for investigations were up by 77 cases and COVID happened and 60 new COVID cases started. So I think it's safe to say that we can really attribute the increase in investigations to COVID. And, you know, these investigations have actually, they've bore out and and there's been some interesting cases. Um, in August, there was an individual sentenced to 24 months of probation and fined about $9,000 for a FIFRA violation um, related to false claims for an air purifier. He said that this air purifier was would kill every major viral and bacterial infection, including the COVID-19 coronavirus. So I think we were all a little bit vulnerable last year. I know I was scrambling to get some Lysol wipes at one point or another, and um, it, left, it left a lot of people susceptible to false claims. And, you know, you and I were talking before this podcast, it's like the year, the word of the year is... Bifra. It's Bifra. Bifra. Yes. yes. Holly, I'm glad that you brought up a few FIFRA cases. So for those of you listeners that don't know, FIFRA is the Federal Insecticide, Fungicide, and Rodenticide Act. 
And it is a federal law that establishes the basic system for pesticide regulation in the United States. And I think that a commonly misunderstood concept is what exactly constitutes a pesticide, right? So under FIFRA, a pesticide is any substance or mixture of substances intended to prevent, um, destroy, repel, or mitigate any pest. And this is a broad definition, and it includes any product marketed as antibacterial, antiviral, antimicrobial, etc. And these kinds of products, pesticidal products, they have to be registered with the EPA. And additionally, manufacturers, importers, and distributors of pesticides, they have to adhere to a number of regulatory requirements. And in the last year, as we saw a surge in the demand of these kinds of pesticidal products, and in particular, antibacterial and antiviral products, we also saw an incredible surge in FIFRA enforcement cases undertaken by the EPA. And this is true even in the civil space. Despite the fact that civil enforcement was down in the aggregate, 2020 really was a big FIFRA year. Many of the 2020 enforcement actions that the agency did engage in were COVID-related FIFRA cases. In fact, EPA investigated 447 civil enforcement actions to combat FIFRA violations by companies making fraudulent claims that their products or devices could kill the coronavirus. And I think what's interesting about that number in particular, 447, is to acknowledge that that doesn't even take into account a large number of the EPA's actions that aren't um, formal enforcement activities. So for example, um, stop sale orders or denials of, of import entries. These are tools that the agency has to inhibit the sale um, or import of pesticidal products that do not comply with FIFRA before they even really hit the marketplace. Um, and I think that, that when we think about the fact that these kinds of stop sale orders aren't considered in the numbers provided by EPA's annual report, we really get a gauge of how much FIFRA activity probably went on in EPA enforcement in 2020. Great. Well, you know, before we move on to our predictions, just I just want to touch briefly on why if criminal investigations went up, why yeah. criminal prosecutions went down. And yes. again, you know, I hate to to keep bringing it up, um, but COVID nineteen. I mean, courts were closed. <laughs> um, courts were closed. I think that the DOJ just probably just had trouble getting cases moving. Understandably so. So you know. Even though criminal investigations went up, the number of defendants charged with criminal environmental violations dropped to the lowest point in the past decade. Mm -hmm. So it was representing a 69% drop from 2010, the decade high. You know, COVID-19 has really wreaked havoc on everybody's lives. I think that's safe to say, but particularly in enforcement for the DOJ. So. Assuming the DOJ and the courts are able to handle the caseload as courts reopen, I think the number of prosecutions is likely going to, we're going to see a boom, we're going to see an uptick. Of course, I think that these investigations are going to finally come to fruition. And I will say it takes a long time to work up a case. And although it feels like we've been in this pandemic for a really long time, in the world of 
criminal enforcement, it really hasn't been that long. You know, it takes a long time to, to investigate, for the EPA to do all of its fact investigation, come to the DOJ, you know, give the case to the DOJ for them to work it up, then to bring a prosecution. I mean, there are a lot of steps here. So I think that really wraps up kind of our review of 2020, right? To, to talk about it in, in big terms, we saw a reduction in civil enforcement kind of across the board, but a surge in FIFRA cases. And on the criminal side, we saw a reduction in prosecutions, but an increase in investigations. Again, something involved that involved a lot of different cases and that really COVID-19 had big impacts all across the board. And I think that for us, that really sums up the last year and sets us up to talk about our 2021 predictions. Absolutely. First and foremost, it's going to be interesting to see if these COVID-related enforcement actions continue in 2021. I think that we all have kind of this idea that we're starting to see some light at the end of the COVID-19 tunnel, right? As infection oh, rates... Find some wood to knock on, Grace. <laughs> knock on wood. <laughs> as infection rates continue to decline, as more and more Americans um, have access to the vaccine, I think we have this idea that, that we're kind of coming out of the woods. And, and there's a, a half of my brain, right, that thinks, well, certainly as COVID begins to go away, so too will COVID-related enforcement cases on the part of the EPA. But maybe not so fast. I think maybe maybe we're not going to see that. And there are a couple of reasons. One, I think, as Holly was mentioning before, certain kinds of investigations and prosecutions on the part of the EPA, they take a long time. So I am going to throw this into the wind and make this prediction that there are going to be some enforcement, COVID-related enforcement cases that continue to crop up in 2021 that the agency actually began last year and are in the pipeline. We just don't know about them yet. I think certainly we're going to see a surge in that kind of case. Also, I think there's still a market for a heightened market as compared to past years for these kind of antiviral, antimicrobial, antibacterial products. And I think as long as there's a demand, a heightened demand for those kinds of products, there's going to be surge in that market space, right? There are going to be companies and actors trying to develop those kinds of products, trying to meet that demand. And as long as there are companies trying to do that, unfortunately, Assuredly, there will be CIFRA violations for the agency to go after. And because the agency's enforcement discretion policies as related to COVID have sunsetted, there's nothing holding the agency back from really enforcing CIFRA and the other environmental laws and regulations all the way across the board. And I think taken together, this leads me to predict that, that 2021 will also show us a number of COVID-related EPA enforcement cases. Yes, and I'll, I'll add right here, Grace, that in a pandemic report issued by the EPA OIG in this month, in March 2021, um, the EPA reported that it had received nine COVID-related complaints so far in January and February. Wow. And yeah. This is actually 20% of the total complaints received. So these complaints are still rolling in. So not yeah. only do we have this pipeline of cases that was started last year, but I, I agree with you. I think that these cases are going to continue for a little while. I, I, eventually they will sunset, like you said. But if I'm reading the tea leaves as I see them now, 
I definitely think these are still going to continue and we're going to see an increase in FIFRA cases, um, especially. So I, I know that you have been involved with this executive order, Grace. What do you know about the Biden administration and um, the recent executive order that came out on climate change? Right. So I think when in looking to, to 2021, right, and in, in making our predictions, we have our, our COVID-19 related predictions, which we just set out. But the other big thing that you have to talk about 2021 is the Biden administration, the new presidential administration. 2021 will be the first full year that we have a Biden led EPA. And I think a lot of people have been curious, not just since January, but but certainly even through the last election cycle. A lot of people have been curious about what a Biden EPA is going to look like. And potentially the best indicator of that that we have so far is the Biden executive order on the climate that was published in January. And I think from taking a look at that document that it's safe to say that we expect more enforcement from the current administration potentially as compared to the former. In fact, based on the breadth of the executive order, I think that we're going to see a real focus on beefing up EPA's staff and resources. I think we're going to see a renewed focus on environmental justice. Yeah, let me pause you right there, Grace. This is what really got me excited about the EO. Right. Um, the EO directs the DOJ to consider adding an office to coordinate environmental justice activities among the DOJ components and the U.S. Attorney's offices nationwide. And it also directs the department to consider changing the name of its existing ENRD, the Environment and Natural Resources Division, to the Environmental Justice and Natural Resources Division. I think what clearer way to signal a focus on environmental justice than to change the name of the ENRD? So I just think that is very obvious. We're going to see an uptick and renewed focus on environmental justice. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I think clearly the administration has has made it a priority to emphasize environmental justice. I think that the administration is clearly concerned about environmental harms that are particular to low-income communities or communities of color. And I, I think certainly we're going to see some, some attention there. I think we're going to see an increased emphasis on holding individual corporate actors accountable. Certainly, regulated entities should expect more enforcement in 2021. In fact, we expect that virtually every industry sector in the United States could be affected by the Biden administration's environmental policies in some way. At a minimum, we expect this to take the form of increased inspections, increased requests for information from the agency, increased administrative enforcement, increased referrals to the DOJ. I think, I think we're going to see high numbers of stop sale orders. I think you're going to see a number of import denials from the Environmental Protection Agency certainly going forward throughout the rest of the year. Yeah. And, you know, Grace, I don't think we have to look that far into the crystal ball to get to these conclusions, because I took a look at the cases in 2021 so far. And, I, you know, I think the DOJ has already hit the ground running in terms of Clean Water Act, and Clean Air Act cases, I think that, you know, increased enforcement is definitely on the horizon. So 
two cases already that have come out. One uh, is a civil case against a company called Stericycle Inc. Mm -hmm. And uh, in January, the DOJ and EPA announced a settlement with Stericycle for violations of the Clean Air Act and the Utah Air Quality Regulations at its medical waste incinerator in, in Utah. So the complaint alleges that Stericycle operated its medical waste incinerator in a manner that it exceeded regulatory limits for nitrogen oxides. And the settlement set forth in a consent decree requires Stericycle to comply with EPA regulations applicable to medical waste incinerators to pay $600,000 in a civil penalty and to conduct a um, supplemental environmental project. And that requires them to spend at least $2 million to purchase low emitting school buses for a local school district. Kind of interesting. And so that's one of the big civil cases that's come out already this year. That was in January. And then we have a Clean Water Act criminal case against a company called Pacific International Lines and also two individuals who were involved. But this happened in Guam. Interesting. A vessel operating company, Pacific International Lines, was sentenced for discharging oily bilge directly into Apra Harbor in Guam. And what they were doing was basically just dumping it right overboard. And so much so that it was creating an oily glaze or film on top of the harbor. You could see it. And the judge sentenced uh, the company to pay a total criminal penalty of $3 million and to serve a four-year term of probation during which all their vessels would be required to implement a robust environmental compliance plan. And then the two individuals who were involved also were sentenced to probation. So those are just two examples of what we're seeing thus far. I realize we're not that far into 2021, but we are, you know, at the end of Q1. So I think we we can at least look at the data that we have and it definitely supports our ideas about the coming months. Certainly. I mean, I think to to kind of begin to wrap this up, right, and in, in what so we've made these predictions, right? We think the agency's going to be particularly aggressive in pursuing penalties and in pursuing enforcement cases in 2021. So what should people do, <laughs> right? What should manufacturers do? What should companies do, importers? I mean, I think more so, potentially even more so than other years. I think it's gonna be particularly important in 2021 that companies, review their compliance procedures and ensure to maintain compliance with all applicable environmental laws and regulations, and also to endeavor to stay apprised of, of potential developments in federal on the federal enforcement front in 2021, because this will be a year of a lot of movement. Right. Yes. It's essential, absolutely essential that companies be proactive. That's the key word here be proactive in complying with environmental laws and regulations. A, a reactive posture is sure to result in trouble. That's what makes you have to call me, a reactive posture. <laughs> I want people calling you, Grace. So in that spirit, obviously, we recommend that companies contact their appropriate counsel um, before any concrete issues arise. And, and certainly, like I said, to take a proactive posture. Absolutely. I mean, I think specifically for, for practitioners like me, you know, we recommend that, that companies have access to compliance counsel 
in the good compliant times. Um, and not to, to pat ourselves on the back too much, but here at Wiley, we really do have world-class expertise in the environmental statutes and complying with them. And, and in particular, FIFRA. We really do have entrenched FIFRA expertise, which as we explained kind of at the, at the front of this podcast, was incredibly important and at the forefront of EPA enforcement in the last fiscal year and promises to be just as important this year. So yeah, to reiterate, we really recommend that, that companies search for and, and reach out to counsel even before there's a sign of potential problems. Well, Grace, you know, we have just zoomed through two years worth of EPA enforcement. And I think that just brings us to the close of this podcast. So we wanna say thank you so much for tuning in. And if you need any help, feel free to reach out to us. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs>